That night, we're going out clubbing. Pam and myself, the identical twin Penny and her fiancé, Don, the brother, Luis, and his wife, and the older sister, one-year-old sister, Sharon. That night, after dancing and drinking, dropping people off, going home, I end up in the car with the sister Sharon. I had dropped Pam off and was taking other people home. I end up parked somewhere on a dark street, making out with Sharon. She didn't know where she was going to spend the night. She said, take me to my sister Benny's apartment. So I take her there, and we end up making love on the kitchen floor. The beginning of a headache that lasts forever. I'm starting to see more of Sharon now. She's working in the same little coffee shop as the twins. The neighborhood is changing rapidly. The city has torn down the gay 90s big nightclub on Ray Street and built a foot hospital. Great big hospital. They tore down the one great big flop house and they built police headquarters. A huge building, a big round white building. They called it the round house. It was police headquarters. They bought up some other property, tore them down, and made a great big parking lot for the police personnel. They were getting closer and closer to my location there on Ray Street. I started frantically looking for a place to relocate. Around the corner, down a block, was a group of little buildings that they were going to leave alone. So I went over there, and I seen there, there were three stores in a row. The one was occupied by a barber shop. The other one, the people on the corner where I was with the luncheonette had moved their luncheonette to the second store. And the third store, a very large store, on the corner of 9th and Cherry Streets. Cherry was just a small, tiny street. But there was a building for rent. This building was owned by a retired cop. I talked with him. I told him I'd like to rent it and move my tattoo shop around over there. He said he'd give me a long lease. He gave me five years, I think, or three. I don't know. Not that long. I had $125 a month rent. And I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, I'm moving from $35 a month rent to $125. Going to be a big move. However, this had an apartment above it. And I talked to the people that had the luncheonette right next door. They were looking for a place to live. We came to an agreement they would rent the apartment for $75 a month rent. This huge store had a little store in the back of it with a little side entrance, separate entrance. And there was a guy who had a couple of push carts 
that he sold hot dogs with, and he needed a place to park them at night. So he made an agreement with me he would rent that little part of the back store there for fifty dollars a month rent. So I was getting getting my hundred and a quarter. I was getting the store for free. I felt pretty good about that. Yep. My friend colored Frank, whose name was Frank White. He teamed up with another character from the neighborhood, a guy called Harold. He was the trash man in the neighborhood, big, strong guy. These two guys teamed up, and they started buying up the little houses on the other side of Vine Street, where they seemed to be pushing the bumps toward Vine Street. They bought these little houses, converted them into little rooms, put cots in them, had quite a few little rooms with cots, had a pot of stew going on the stove all day long, and they got the higher-class bums, the guys that were getting checks from the government or the state or something, and they would take them in there. Now the, the bums were living probably better than they had been for years. They had a decent place with blankets and pillars. They had something to eat all day long. They would give them a few dollars here and there, whatever they needed, a bottle of wine every day. The bums were living good, and Frank and Harold were making some money. The city was now threatening to tear down the, the race street where I was. They were threatening, and they were saying it's going to come down next week pretty soon. Everybody was getting out. Pam moved out of the apartment above the tattoo shop. She moved up to the northeast. She went to live with friends of the family. I started to open my new shop. It was a big shop. I got my lumber. I had Joe McCarthy, the handyman, to help me build a nice petition with a glass window where the people could look in and see the other people getting tattooed. I had sinks put in. I remember Bert Grimm telling me when he was in St. Louis, he moved only a half a block away, and the customers couldn't find him. So I kept the shops on Ray Street, and I had my friends, all these neighborhood characters that I've mentioned before. I had them sitting in the shop there. I set up a card table. They used to play poker and knock rummy in the shop. I set up a table in the little shop. I had them playing cards. And as customers come in, one of these guys would take them and walk them the block away around the corner to my new shop. Now this new shop was so big, I had to draw up some more flash. I drew up another 20 sheets of simple, small, easy-to-do, quick tattoos. It was easy for Fat Billy because he, he didn't really know what he was doing yet. And me and him worked the shop. And I found with the bigger shop and a couch and chairs for people to sit and wait. People were coming in, it was getting crowded, and people would wait. Although they didn't have to, we were fast. We were making a lot of money there. And I just thought of my grandmother, where life is nothing but a roller coaster ride. I said, hey, Grandma, what a ride I'm having. Now, in the meantime, this bill the father of Sharon's kids, 
He got three years. Sharon and I are now seeing each other hot and heavily. She gets custody of her little girl. Her mother comes from California with the little boy. And one day Sharon says she's pregnant. So I ask her if she wants to get married. And we do. And, and we look for an apartment together. That was the first of many apartments in a short time. Back at the new tattoo shop, I started to see a lot of nights tattooing on customers being done by two young fellas out of their house in the greater Northeast. When I'd ask the customers who did these, they'd tell me Jojo and Tommy, but they wouldn't tell me where they were. I said, listen, next time you see them, Tell them to come down here and see me. I want to give them a job. And this went on for quite a while. Now about 50 feet down the street on 9th Street was a new tavern opened up. <clears throat> the Mall Tavern. Nice great big bar. And a restaurant in the back with home-cooked meals. Very reasonable. And when the sailors were hit on payday, that bar was packed with sailors. The bartender Pete would get a kick. I had a lot of female sailors getting tattooed. And they'd go in the bar to have a drink and wait for their friends. And Pete would take the bandage off of them and wash the tattoos. He was having a ball with the young girls. Things were pretty good. Business was good. Sharon and me were getting along all right. Although she seemed to run hot and cold. Tough to figure out, as women are. Oh, well. Now, one day, Dracula's still down on Ray Street. They haven't torn his building down yet, but they're getting ready to. Anyway, he pours a bucket of white paint on this female bum's head. She had long black hair. She was well-liked in the neighborhood. And he poured this white paint all over her. The bums and the merchants in the, in the vicinity wanted to jack Dracula up. So, here's what happened. My friend Frank White gets an eight foot two by four. And he gets one of these bums and he says, here, take this two by four. Go over there and knock on Dracula's door. And when he opens the door, Smack him in the head with this two-by-four. And the bum smiles and he says, that's great. So this bum knocks on Dracula's door. When Dracula opens the door, the bum swings the two-by-four. And the doorway's only six, six and a half feet high. And the two-by-four gets jammed up against the top of the building and don't go nowhere. And Dracula just reaches out and pops his bum in the face. Oh, my goodness. <laughs>